You're listening to Moving Forward with Dr. Lynn Swanner. Today's podcast is part of the Flourishing Leaders series, where we explore ways to transform your school community. This podcast is a production of the Association of Christian Schools International. Listen and learn more about flourishing at blog.acsi.org. Well, today's podcast features Ginger Hill, founder of Good Health for Good Works, and I'm excited to have Ginger with us today to talk about the flourishing school's construct of stress, where constant feelings of stress and being overwhelmed accompany a lack of time to prepare for instruction for teachers or to focus on physical health for leaders. And Ginger has previously written a blog post for us called From Fatigue to Flourishing. We're going to post that link in the show notes. She's also co-authored a chapter with Rex Miller on educator well-being in a leading insights monograph coming out in early 2022. So we'll share that as well, but I'm very excited to have Ginger with us. And to start off, I'd love it, Ginger, if you can share a little bit about your background, your work, and why this construct is important to you. Sure, Lynn. Thank you. I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, so so my name's Ginger Hill, and um, my whole career has been in the area of, area of employee health. Um, I've spent over 20 years working with different organizations, including educational organizations, um, to help their employees stay healthy and also to help organizations create cultures of health to support those employees in that endeavor. Um, I started out my career with a master's in health promotion. I'm a certified wellness coach, a master certified health education specialist. Um, But as I said, my career has been in employee health and I I just believe so much that you know, if we want to use our gifts and if we want to do God's work, we have to su- be supported with well-being. And because I believe that, I've spent the latter part of my career now focusing on Christian organizations. Um, because honestly, sometimes I find Christian organizations have a harder time with this whole employee well-being thing um, than secular organizations do. So in light of that, I started an organization called Good Health for Good Works, uh, where the intention is to help Christian organizations to support their employees so they can stay well in order to serve well. And so through that, um, I do uh, speaking at conferences, a lot of writing, um, wellness coaching, consultation, and those kinds of things. So so that's a little bit about me and and the work that I do. Um, In terms of this whole construct of stress, why is that important? Well, I'll tell you what, one thing we know for sure is that if we are going to be healthy and well in order to do the work that God has called us to do, we have to have good daily health habits and routines. And in my years as an employee wellness coach, I'll tell you this much, there is nothing that disrupts those more than stress. And and think about it in your own life, right? When are the times when you throw exercise out the window? When do you no longer honor your bedtime? (laughs) When do you uh, grab fast food rather than cooking at home? It's when you're under pressure and stress. Those are the things that go out the window. And yet those are the things that we most need to support us in meeting our challenges and and going on with the work we're called to do, even in spite of those circumstances. So um, anything around employee health has to have a very significant stress management um, aspect to it because it's so foundational. 
Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, hmm, I wonder if Ginger's been watching me. <laughs> but I mean, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, right? Like the, the times that we need to have those structures in place the most are the, are the times that we, if we don't already have them, uh, it, it's, it's a tough time to start. So, you know, as you've worked with Christian schools and educators, um, and, and that's a unique bunch, you know, I, I liked what you shared about, um, you know, just sometimes Christian organizations can find this even more challenging. And then we throw in the issue of educator burnout. Right. Um, what does it look like as you've worked with schools and educators? What does it look like when, when schools do this well, when the issue of stress is intentionally uh, addressed? What are some successful strategies, best practices? What would be your, your insights and your advice there? Sure, sure. Well, I, I think, first of all, um, we need to get our heads out of the sand, <laughs> to, to be honest with you. Um, you know, a, a lot of times, I think, as Christians, we, we tend to live by how we think things should be, rather than how they really are. Um, and, you know, as Christians, we, we are in the world, we struggle with stress just like everybody else. So, so leaders of organizations need to recognize that. And, and it's a real dichotomy. Just, just um, last month, in one day, I talked with one Christian organization that told me, you know, we're really not so concerned about this whole mental health thing. You know, our, our people are really pretty good. And, and, and a few hours later, I talked with another Christian organization who were trying to figure out what to do because they had an employee commit suicide and they, they didn't know how they were going to handle that and communicate that. Um, so, you know, the stuff we're talking about here is very real, but sometimes we stick our heads in the sand and pretend that it's not. So having a realistic viewpoint that that stress management and mental health issues are very important and very real within the Christian community. Um, beyond that, I think the second most important thing is to understand that anything that you do in relation to supporting teacher well-being, employee health, whatever you want to call it, it has to start with employees and teachers. You know, the end user of anything you're going to do is going to be an actual teacher. And so they need to be involved in that process. And that starts with listening. You know, I, I would challenge any leader of a school to ask themselves, especially where we're at right now, which we're kind of hopefully winding down after this pandemic, is to say, when was the last time that you really sought feedback from your teachers as to, to what it's like right now and what they really need in order to stay well so they can serve well? Um, now is a great time, a great time to be surveying your teachers and asking them those questions. So um, starting with listening is, is very, very key. Only when you listen are you going to be able to accurately identify what resources do my teachers need in order to preserve their health routines and what kinds of policies do we need to put in place as a school to help teachers preserve their health routines with, with everything that is going on. So that listening aspect by asking questions and surveying is really important. Another best practice and, and one that I'm not seeing unfortunately a lot in Christian organizations is making sure that you have an actual teacher well-being committee within your school, a committee that is specifically devoted to 
keeping an eye on teacher well-being and seeking feedback and trying to determine what kind of strategies would be most useful within your school. You know, a lot of times as leaders, the temptation is to try to come up with a solution before you've asked the right questions or gotten the right feedback. So having an employee well-being committee is really important with that. And that's really just about letting teachers take the lead, right? Because we're talking about their well-being. It needs to be based on their feedback. They need to be taking the ownership of, of coming up with ideas and solutions, of course, in an advisory capacity, right? Um, but it, it needs to be on them to do that. Um, so I'd say those are some, some best practices to start with. And I know those seem very basic, you know, listening seems like a very basic thing. Um, teacher ownership seems like a very basic thing, but you would be surprised how many schools and organizations set about trying to support employee well-being without having the employees involved in that. <laughs> That's just a pet peeve of mine that I, I really want to emphasize is so important. Yeah, I, I would completely believe it. And I would look to my own experience, you know, as, a, as an administrator in a school, you know, oftentimes I thought I could solve things. I was making things easier for my teachers if I went in my office and came up with this great program or this great <laughs> approach. But, but really, you know, not having that full picture and, and doing, if you will, kind of that audit of where the pain points are and, and, and involving them in, in the solutions, I think is absolutely critical and key. Um, so, Last question, Ginger, and this has been super helpful. Uh, you know, as we think about schools and educators and addressing their stress, what challenges do you think they're going to face as they try and 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 deal with this? And you know, certainly this this could include COVID, but you know, this research around stress uh, in the flourishing schools model came out in 2019, so stress was already a significant issue in schools mm -hmm. prior to COVID. You know, COVID has obviously amplified that, but um, you know, I don't think we should we should make the the mistake of thinking that you know once COVID kind of eases uh, that this is going to go away uh, because it was here before. So, right. what <laughs> you know, what challenges do you think schools and educators face, and and how might they overcome them? Yeah, well, you know, I I think one thing I've noticed a challenge that leaders really face in kind of addressing this whole area of of helping teacher man, teachers manage stress or just teacher well-being in general is I think a lot of times they're afraid to engage in that feedback and listening aspect that I talked about because they're afraid that it's going to come back at them. You know what I mean? Like, like if I ask for feedback and I, and I engage people and I, I'm really listening and I get all that, now I'm on the hook to do something about it. And that that might that sometimes feels overwhelming, um, even sometimes impossible. So um, I would say one way to deal with that challenge is to make sure when, when you are getting feedback and you are setting up these avenues for listening to teachers being able to tell you what do I need to make to make sure that you put some parameters around that to kind of protect yourself and to make sure this is going to be effective for everybody. For example, if you do come up in your school with a teacher well-being committee, make sure the people on the committee know that they are serving in an advisory capacity only. Make sure that the people on that committee understand what the constraints are within the school in terms of what you can and cannot do 
And therefore, they'll be able to better make recommendations that go along with whatever constraints that you have or whatever concerns you have. So um, I guess what I'm saying is don't be afraid to set up the listening aspect of it. But as you do that, make sure that you're putting some parameters in place to help with that as well. Um, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, because you mentioned the whole COVID thing, um, you know, I, I think a lot of us as, as we're kind of transitioning out of this, we're kind of like, okay, well, what is work going to look like now, right? Um, it's, it's all a little bit crazy. And, and I'm wondering if, if we might want to think about, especially in education, you know, how can we leverage some of the things we've done in terms of supporting teacher well-being, you know? So much stuff has been virtual now. People are used to virtual, they're tech savvy, that kind of thing. You know, so we can start to ask the questions of, okay, how many meetings that we have actually have to be in person? You know, because, you know, if, if I can participate in a virtual meeting, I might be able to be on my treadmill at the same time walking, right? I mean, so now you've just supported a healthy routine for me. So I think transitioning out of COVID, maybe we can ask the question of, you know, let's look at how education has changed and our methods and the things that we have done. And how can we leverage some of those changes and maybe continue some of those in a productive way so that we can support teacher well-being? Yeah, that's great. And I, you know, one thing that we found through our research uh, with schools during COVID, we did three um, nationwide COVID surveys. And the last one we found, we asked, you know, schools, what are you doing to support well-being of faculty and staff and yourself? And there were a lot of things that schools were doing, but when we asked, you know, are you, are you, do you have a plan? Is this actually written? Um, the vast majority of schools do not. And so sort of just this sort of, you know, ad hoc, we're doing some things, we're kind of throwing everything we can at the problem, but we, we don't actually have an intentional plan. And so, um, you know, I think coming out of COVID, that will be a, a crucial thing to do. You know, if we've learned anything, it's, you know, when you, when you, when you um, fail to plan, you're planning to fail, right? Right. So taking right. that time and saying, what have we, like you said, what have we been doing that really has worked, that's helpful. Right. And can we codify any of that for the future? Right, because, because COVID has clearly been stressful, right, for teachers. I mean, I think teachers probably more than any profession have really kind of bore the brunt of this whole thing. But what I'm hearing across the spectrum with employees is a lot of them have said, this COVID thing has also come with some blessings. A lot of those blessings are around my ability to better manage my health and well-being. And I want to keep some of that in my life. So, so that's going to be important for leaders and administrators to really talk with their teachers as we're kind of transitioning back to the quote normal. Um, you know, so what's that going to look like now? And, and what are some of those blessings we can take and maybe keep them there in a modified form? Yeah, great. Well, thank you, Ginger, so much again for joining me today. Again, we'll put some additional resources, some writing by Ginger that you can access into the show notes. And we know this topic is so important. This construct of stress is so important for our school. So thank you again for sharing your insights with us. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us today as well. Please be sure to check the notes on this podcast for additional resources and references related to today's conversation. Podcast notes can always be found on the ACSI blog at blog.acsi.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the blog again at blog.acsi.org, or you can also subscribe on iTunes. 
While you're there, rate or review the show and spread the word on social media. Thanks for all that you do to move Christian education forward. 